0: to say this that we are here to help all people and to encourage all people and to teach all people the word of God and so please understand the podcast today is not meant to attack anybody Mm -hmm. Um, if you disagree with me and you believe a certain way that's that's up to you I'm just going to teach you God's word and I want to help you to get close to God and ultimately for us to get close to God we have to remove sin in our life and this is one area of sin that God speaks against and not it not being a part of his will yeah.
1: Yeah. Welcome back to the living on purpose podcast with Pastor john and Sam. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, here's our next question. This is episode 34. And the question goes like this. Can somebody be gay and be a Christian? Pride month is in June. And this has been a
0: question I have seen answered many different ways. Wow, this is a that's a big question. It's a big question. And it's a honestly, it's a very complicated question. And uh, so we want to be able to answer this according to biblical truth. Let me give you my thoughts on this. And then I'm going to go straight to the Bible. Sounds good. That's going to be our focus. Okay. So when it comes to a question of sin, we're all sinners. We all struggle in sin. And we're always going to struggle in sin. As long as we're on this earth, we have breath in our body, right? We're going to battle. So Can you sin and be a believer in Jesus? The answer is absolutely yes, because we're always going to struggle with sin. So let me look at it like this, okay? Can you be gay? Can you struggle with homosexual tendencies and still be a Christian? The answer would be yes. Can you have feelings uh, toward uh, same-sex and even act upon those feelings at times, struggle and fall into it at times and still be a Christian? Yes. Can you have an attitude like the progressive church has today and say, well, I'm a gay Christian and God affirmed it or Jesus never spoke of it and make excuses for it and live in a blatant lifestyle of homosexuality and call yourself a Christian? I believe the answer is no. So it's a very complicated thing to try to answer. I will say this, and I'm not trying to sugarcoat anything. I would say this, that we all struggle with sin, and uh, we need to be kind and gracious toward people no matter what. Mm -hmm. So if you hear this podcast and you think, oh, Pastor John's being mean or or, or aggressive. No, I'm really not. I'm really not. I'm trying to just speak truth and, and to help people understand what the Bible has to say. And so there's a lot of things that I'm going to allude to in the next few moments. I wrote an article on homosexuality a couple of years ago, and so I pose a couple of questions in the article, and I want to answer them biblically. First of all, is homosexuality a part of God's plan for humanity? You have to go back to Genesis to see what God's plan is. From the very beginning, God gives us a pattern that we are to follow. It says in Genesis 1 and verse 26, and God said, let us make mankind in our image in the image so that he may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over the livestock and over the wild animals and over all the creatures that move along the road. And then it says, so God created mankind in his own image and image of God, he created them male and female. He created them and God blessed him and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number. I think that's a really important part of this. God said, I'm going to make male I'm going to make female, and the very first objective I'm going to give to you is that you are to reproduce in number. And so God created mankind with volition and emotion and mind and all these things that we might relate to and worship him as our creator. And the purpose that God gave us from the very beginning is to reproduce more image bearers. See, the Bible says that God made us in his own likeness, and then he says, go and have babies is what he says. Mm-hmm. In essence, he's he's challenging us to reproduce more image bearers that would worship him, that would glorify him, that would live for him, that would serve him. And that is only possible through the unique one flesh union of a male and a female. And so I think it's really, really important to understand from the very beginning, God gives an order. He gives a design. In Genesis 2 and verse 24, it says, that is why a man leaves his father and mother and is united to his wife, and they become one flesh, figuratively, but also physically, Mm -hmm. figuratively in the sense of being in the same household, focused on one another, but also literally in the sense of the sexual union becoming one flesh, literally, and that's not possible in a homosexual relationship. Mm -hmm. And so that one flesh, it speaks of the unity of hearts in light of his previous command, To multiply, this phrase really involves the idea of sexual completeness. And so a husband and a wife, they constitute this marriage relationship. And it's by God's order, God's design, God's plan. And it is what? To reproduce image bearers. And so the homosexual relationship, it's unnatural according to God's perfect creation. And uh, I think that's really important for us to understand. So the first question is that I would pose is homosexuality a part of God's plan for humanity? And it's very clearly not a part of it. Mm-hmm. And so we have to look to that to understand that. The Bible also describes what God's plan is for humanity in a greater sense when it comes to the cross of Jesus Christ, illustrated through the relationship of a man and a woman in marriage. Ephesians 5, 25 32, husbands are told to love their wives just as Christ loved the church, and the husbands are told to love their wives as they do their own bodies. And it says then, for this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. And in Ephesians, that's spoken of all the way back to Genesis, right? And we just yeah. spoke of that just a few minutes ago. So the human marriage relationship really is about a picture, though, of the larger relationship between Christ and the church. And so that's why it says again in Ephesians 5, Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her with the washing with water through the word and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. That's a picture of what God does when he removes our sin out of our lives in a positional sense. So our sin can no longer be used against us to keep us out of heaven or to keep us from having a relationship with Jesus Christ. And so what is the author of Ephesians, who is the Apostle Paul, what does he do? He uses the marriage relationship as a illustration, an analogy of the greater relationship between Christ and his church. And so it's really important to see that there's a couple of thoughts to this clear distinction in spiritual marriage of Christ and his church exists just as in human, natural marriage. And also, the comparison of the spiritual unity of the church with the physical unity of sex, it illustrates, um, well, it exists, I should say, to illustratively help us to understand you know, the bigger picture of Christ and the church. And that's why the Apostle Paul said to the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians 6, verses 19 and 20, he said, Do you not know that your bodies are the temples of the Holy Spirit? Who is in you? Whom you have received from God. You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. It's very interesting that he would say, who is in you? Now, I'm not trying to be inappropriate, but when when a man is inside of a woman, that's a picture of of perfect union physically. Well, the perfect union spiritually is, is the Holy Spirit within us as believers. And so it's just a, a beautiful illustration in, in human relationship of the greater relationship of Christ and the church, a perfect unity. There's no greater unity on this planet, physically speaking, than a man and a woman in marriage. Just like there's no greater unity, really, in the history of the world than a picture of a person with the Holy Spirit living inside of them. Mm. It's transformative in every way, shape, and form. So homosexuality is not a part of God's plan for humanity. I think that's very, very clear. Another question is, is homosexuality a sin or is it an acceptable alternative lifestyle? And this is where we get into all sorts of questions that the progressive church likes to throw at us as they like to change truth when the fact is the Bible has historically stood against the practice of homosexuality for. A very long time. I mean, you go all the way back to the Old Testament law. Um, we understand Leviticus, where it talks about in chapter 18 and verse 22 do not have sexual relations with a man as one does with a woman. That is detestable. Okay. And so the Hebrew word there is the idea for male or man. Uh, zakar means male, man, the gender of a species that is not female. There's no focus on age or stage of life here because what the progressive church likes to say is that, well, it's talking about having sex with a child. It's talking about, you know, um, pedophilia, but that's not at all what it's talking about. It's it's talking about gender, not age. And so that's a question that I think we need to understand. It also says in Leviticus 20 verse 13, if a man has sexual relations with a man as one does with a woman, both of them have done what is detestable. And so there's there's a lot more I could read on that to you or even share with you on that. I'm not going to. If you're interested in reading the article that I've written uh, with all the the background and a lot of the study to it, let me know. Email me, let me know, and I'll, I'll send it to you. I'll email it to you. Okay. Uh, but a lot of people try to change what the Bible says into their own agenda, their own way of thinking. Okay. So again, the question that our listener asked us, "Can you be gay and be a Christian?" And I think it I think it boils down to that's a very black and white question, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, I think it really boils down to um, where your heart is in the issue, right? Ultimately, when Jesus saves someone from their sin, it comes through a change of heart. Repentance is a change of hearts, a change of direction. It's a desire to honor God. But the person who wants to hold on to their sin, We've talked about this recently, not in the context of homosexuality, but just in the context of sin itself. If you really want to hold on to your sin, you really don't want Jesus. Yeah. If you're at a place in your life where you're not willing to make changes through the power of the Holy Spirit, well, then you probably don't have the Holy Spirit living within you. Because ultimately, the Bible says, if any man is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old is gone. The new has come in Really, it's a hard issue there. Like, I want to change. I want to honor God. I want to move forward in my life. And so show me the things that honor God, and I want to be all about those things. The things that dishonor God, I want to remove those things from my life. And so it's really important to understand some of these things. Romans chapter 1 is a passage that's pretty clear about the dangers of homosexuality. It says, in Romans 1 and verse 24, Therefore God gave them over to sinful desires of their hearts, to sexual impurity, for the degrading of their bodies with one another. They exchanged the truth about God for a lie, and they worshiped and served created things rather than the creator, who is forever praised. Amen. Because of this, God gave them over to shameful lust. Even their women exchanged natural sexual relations for unnatural ones. In the same way, the men also abandoned natural relations with women and were inflamed with lust one for another. Men committed shameful acts with other men and received in themselves the due penalty for their error. Now, the very beginning of these verses shows the problem. The problem is they worshiped created things more than the Creator. And ultimately, that's what mankind is tempted to do. We're tempted to make it about us instead of about God. And what happens is we make ourselves into God's low, you know, small g, but yeah, we're tempted to do that. That's do, the, do what feels good. Do it feels right. good and what what makes me quote unquote happy. Yeah. Right. So that's the tension. So there's a couple of things in here that I want to share. The the exchange of truth, it leads to the eventual denial of God as Lord, who they are accountable to, right? This is the natural progression of homosexuality as it is an affront, I believe, to creationism and God as supreme authority. Now again, you know, people misunderstand this and they want to say, well that that wasn't talking about a man and a man, a woman and a woman, consensual sexual relations between two adults. They'll say, well that's not what it was. It was in the Roman culture of that day, it was a man and a boy. It was the idea of pedophilia. But the emphasis on exchange makes clear that Paul is thinking of homosexual activity in general and not just a bad kind of homosexuality. In other words, like a man and a boy, Kevin DeYoung Young spoke of this in his book. What does the Bible really teach about homosexuality? He said the issue cannot be, um, which is like the idea of a man and a, and a boy, because there's no record of adult youth, sexual intimacy among women in the ancient world. So people will say, well, you know, That happened in the ancient world between a man and a boy, and that's true, but it did not happen in the ancient world between an adult woman and a girl, and and if you look at Romans chapter 1, Paul speaks to even women exchanging natural sexual relations for unnatural ones, and so, again, Kevin DeYoung talks about this, and he says, Likewise, the issue cannot be master-slave relationships or other sexual abuse more Uh, um, generically because Paul speaks of both parties being consumed with lust for one another. So it's not just a man trying to abuse a boy, but it speaks of a man having lust for another man and that man having lust for the man I just spoke of. And so gender is the point, not orientation or exploitation or domination. The issue is exchanging the natural relationship between a man and a woman for unnatural same-sex relationships. Again, these are the words of Kevin DeYoung. Mm-hmm. And so it's really important to understand that it's not just an adult man in a boy or an adult, you know, woman in a little girl. It's not speaking of that. Okay. And so, and there's so much more we could we could talk about. And again, you can get the article and read it for yourself. But The question, again, that our listener asks is, can someone be saved and be gay? And again, I go back to the reality. Are you struggling with this? Are you trying to overcome this? Because I struggle with a lot of things in my own life, right? Mm -hmm. I struggle with pride. I struggle with anger. It doesn't give me authority um, or reason to say, well, I can just do what I want to do because that's how God made me. Because I'm that type of person.
1: Yeah. Right. Who are you living for? Are you living for yourself or are you living for God?
0: That's exactly it, right? Like, I have tendencies of certain areas in my life that could really dishonor the Lord. And I can't just say, well, it's just the way God made me. And so, you know, I just am the way that I am. Yeah. I've had people say that before, too, about certain things. You know, well, I just have a big mouth. It's just kind of who I am. Well, it doesn't give you the right to gossip or to tear people down. Uh, maybe you have a bigger personality than others. Maybe you're more extroverted than introverted. So, you know, maybe you're more outspoken, but it doesn't mean that you have the right to to use it as a sword and hurt people. Mm-hmm. In the same way, you know, our tendencies, the things that we struggle with, you know, I mean, my wife is beautiful. I love her. I'm very attracted to her. But there's other beautiful women that I come across that doesn't give me the right to lust after those women and just say, well, it's just how God made me. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. The fact is we all battle and we all struggle. And so we have to, you know, show the power of the Spirit within us as we submit to the Holy Spirit. We walk in step with the Spirit. So the fact is, again, the question is, is homosexuality a sin? And how should we handle same-sex attraction and choice as it relates to can a person even be saved? And so God changes people by His grace. I think we need to remember that. Uh, If a person, though, chooses to reject God's grace, I do believe he is in danger of proving that he is not a Christian and he is in danger of going to hell. And so look at what 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 11 says. It says, do not know that wrongdoers will not inherit the kingdom of God. It's very clear. They will not inherit the kingdom of God. Do not be deceived. Neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who have sex with men, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor slanders, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. And this is what some of you were, but thank God, you're washed, you're sanctified. You've been justified in the name of Lord Jesus Christ and by the spirit of our God. The person who lives in blatant sin and they don't care, they make excuse for it, they're proving themselves not to be believers in Jesus. And that's what these verses are talking about. I've heard people say, well, what about the greedy? And what about the slander? No, that's true too. Mm Mm-hmm. The people that are living in blatant sin and they're not convicted by their sin, they're proving themselves to not be true followers of Jesus Christ. The word for homosexual here, or the word for men having sex with men, which by the way, the word homosexual is more of a modern word, right? And so over the last several years, and when I say several, I mean the last 100 years or less, that's a word that we've coined for the act of two of the same sex being involved sexually with each other. But it doesn't change the fact that this is what Paul was speaking of. So it wasn't just something added like some that are part of the progressive church would say. Really, the idea is performing homosexual acts. And we have to understand what he was saying. So we must choose to sacrificially follow God's standard as he reveals it in his word. Um, First Timothy 1, 8 through 11, it says, We know that the law... Is good if one uses it properly. We also know that the law is made not for the righteous, but for lawbreakers and rebels, the ungodly and sinful, the unrighteous and ir- irreligious, for those who kill their fathers and mothers, for murderers, for the sexually immoral, for those who practice homosexuality, for slave traders and liars and perjurers, and for whatever else is contrary to sound doctrine that conforms to the gospel concerning the glory of the blessed God which he entrusted to me. The point of these verses is simply this, right? God, he has called us to live different than the culture. He's called us to live according to his standard. And so for centuries, people have debated uh, about different lifestyles. And this is one that for the longest time wasn't debated at all until more recently. And I think it's important to understand that God wants to save all people and God wants to forgive all people. But we have to understand something. Um, There are certain standards that we live by. And so, again, the question is, can you be a homosexual or gay and can you be a Christian at the same time? And I would say the answer to that question is simply this. If you're struggling with it, yes, you can be. If you've fallen into it from time to time but you're convicted over it, yes, you can be. But the person who blatantly lives as a quote-unquote gay Christian trying to affirm homosexuality as a practice that God would honor, I would say that person is not a true follower of Jesus because they're not taking the word of God. They're taking their feelings and allowing that to lead them. That's,
1: I mean, you put it so well and loving, you know. um, Great, great question and great answer. It's a challenging topic.
0: To talk about, really. It really is.
1: So if you have further questions that you'd like answered, email john at weareemmanuel.life. And like he said, he can send you that article that he wrote. Um, But if you have another question about the Bible, about life, about sin, uh, shoot him an email and we'll talk about it on our next podcast. Well, thank you for listening to today's episode. And if you would, please leave us a kind review uh, that would let the podcast get out to more people. Thanks for listening.